talking about bullying tonight. Love Talk Radio. Stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You want again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know Just what you have done Good evening and welcome to the Stop Child Abuse Now show. Um, tonight we're going to have a major topic. I may, I'm saying major because I found new stats um, about bullying, okay, and kids and how many kids are actually committing suicide over it. And so tonight I have with me Lori Purcell. I'm Carol Levine. I am Vice President of, of NASCA. And these things, you know, they upset me because I tried to commit suicide once and I got caught by a friend of mine who pulled me out by my long blonde hair. She probably almost pulled my hair out. <laughs> used to call me the peroxide pirate. I was 17 years old, and I know what that's like, okay? And there are many of us on NASCA, you know, who um, actually do try to commit suicide. But tonight I'm going to zero in on those kids who are uh, in school um, are, are cyber bullied, okay? They, they're bullied, and uh, it's an awful thing. Um, it's been going on for some years now, especially the more things that are available to us, you know, on the Internet. And uh, these kids, they get involved with all different types of, of ways to annoy a child, to abuse them on, on the Internet, to make up, you know, all different kinds of lies about them. Um, they start sexting back, you know, to all kinds of uh, pictures. They get them to, do, uh, you know, pose nude at times. And, and, and then you have another problem, which is known, and uh, they get blackmailed. It can go as far as that, for God's sake. Uh, a lot of things are happening and have been happening for some years. However, in these last few years, it's, it's gotten worse. Okay, so this is why tonight um, I wasn't expected to run the show tonight because I ran Tuesday and Thursday, and, and Lori was right there by my side. She always is. She's a wonderful co-host. And um, so she might have a lot to uh, offer on this subject, too, as well. Let me read the mission statement, and then we'll get to it, okay? Now, first of all, the number here is 646-595-2118. All right, that's 646-595-2118. If you want to be a part of this conversation about bullying, um, I was bullied when I was in school. It just made me tough, all right? <laughs> Other kids, they don't get tough. They, in, you know, they internalize all the things that are said to them and instead of actually learning how to fight it. 
And uh, I think I kept that toughness with me for the rest of my life because I think that is the only reason why I'm alive, okay, because of all the things I've gone through. Many of you know my story, and um, I don't feel like getting into that. So what I want to do, though, is talk about what I do know uh, about the mission statement, and then we will get on to the topic at hand. We have a singleness of purpose at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so from two different ways. Number, number one is educating the public. Now, you know that when I run my shows with Lori, we educate the public, and that's what we're supposed to do, uh, especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. Number two is offering hope for healing through numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. How many times do we speak about prevention? We need for society to get more involved with prevention. If we sit our children down, we talk about the good, bad, and ugly, and tell them about the, the world as it is, Yes, age appropriately, okay. But um, so in all, another one, you, you actually get a, a, a bond that's stronger because kids are not stupid, okay. <laughs> they're just not. And, and they'll think to themselves, boy, mommy and daddy aren't just telling me how to cross the street, not to take candy from strangers and all this other stuff. Um, they're telling me about other things, too, to keep safe. And that makes the kids look up to you more. Okay, and you have, you develop that bond. Many of us, my age, and even older or younger, whatever, um, didn't have that with their parents. People on here in NASCA, especially, okay, they didn't have that bond, and uh, it's like no one really gave a damn. And I'll say I'll put it that way. And if something did happen, you don't talk about it, okay? And, and that way, people who have been abused, they don't heal. And they won't even go and get help, many of them. But they do turn to self-medicating and other things, okay? All right, so that's the mission statement as I've read it, and I always have to put my two cents in. <laughs> but it's it's important two cents because that's the way it is. I've been around a long time. I know a lot from what I've seen and also from what I've studied, so I could write another book. All right, here we go. First of all, October, as we know it, usually – is um, for domestic violence, and it was originated in 1984, and that was by President Reagan. He brought forth the Awareness Month of 1984, and year of 1984, rather, and April to be the month, um, in 1984, and he recognized that women many times were being horribly beaten, whether by, uh, you know, be by their husbands or a boyfriend or, or whatever, and um, so, therefore, he declared that year and, and that month, okay, 1984, that's when that came forth. Now, in 2006, all right, they started to talk about bullying. Why? Because bullying in school amongst youth, we're going to talk about youth tonight, okay. In 2006, um, there was an organization by PACERS, P-A-C-E-R apostrophe S, PACERS, and uh, they're the National Bullying Prevention Center. 
That's what they are. They're the National Bullying Prevention Center, and that's PACERS, P-A-C-E-R-S. You can look that up, and you'll find out more than what you know, I'm going to talk about tonight with Lori because I have an hour and a half, and uh, there's probably several, quite a few different good articles. And I had to do a fast job here, <laughs> so I, I have a good uh, show. But on the other hand, there's probably more information. And it's something that we as parents and, and society, too, not just the parents, have to become aware of what's happening with children. Uh, it could happen in our families, amongst our, our grandchildren, um, you know, our nieces and nephews. And if you're younger, your own children. And if you're younger still, it could have been you. I know it was me, okay? And uh, it made me mad. <laughs> That's what it did. And I started punching people. And, in fact, I made them so scared of me. I think I even scared a couple of teachers. And, uh, yeah, my bullying went away. Also, friends went away because they, too, thought, wow, there's something wrong with her to be able to fight like that. Well, I had had all kinds of sexual abuse, physical, mental, emotional abuse all before that. So I think I was just filled with um, anxiety, stress, anger, especially anger. And uh, I fixed the problem in school myself just by being who I am, all right? So I'm not advocating that people go around punching people, (laughs) but if you're being bullied, you don't just stand there and cry because then you become prey. That's P-R-E-Y. And that can be, you know, even from kids that you go to school with. And, and that's just not right. Now, I came across this. I have about four different articles here that I came across in the last 25 minutes. The Pacers was one, yes. And then you had the awarenessgallery.com, awarenessgallery.com. And then you have also Megan Meyer Foundation. You see, over the years, uh, they have become more aware of the kids who are bullied most of the time in school, right? It can be in school and certainly on the Internet. I have a a little article on that about the Internet and and how that, too, um, especially today, plays a major part in, in the bullying amongst kids. And it's not nice, it's not right, and it has to stop. Now, what we need is for more people, when they go out and they do their presentations, I did it once, uh, as far as bullying was concerned, um, you know, to go out and, and just have that as a topic, because, and you probably could get into the grade schools for that. And teachers have to become more involved when they know, they know kids are being bullied. Well, don't turn your back on it. Um, they, I, I remember one time when I went to school, not, and I don't mean, I'm in college, I went to college, and I, I was taking courses, they had a course on bullying, because uh, even back then, kids were starting to, you know, disappear, they would kill themselves, they made many attempts many times, or they had, they suffered from suicidal ideations, that I did do, I may have been tough, but I had my own thoughts in my brain, and, um, because I've been bullied for so much uh, outside of school, meaning in the family, and uh, also in school. So I was stuck on depression, anxiety, uh, self-hatred, and uh, and finally by the time I was 17, yes, I did try to commit suicide. Now, it states here in these, uh, from these organizations, what does it mean, Bullying Prevention Month? 
As I'd stated, it started in 2006 by Pacers National Bullying Prevention Center. And this event brings attention to the harm bullying does to talking about our kids in our, in our country, our youth. And then it says also, of course, around the world. It creates sadness. What does sadness create? It creates depression. It creates low self-esteem. It creates anxiety, which can turn into panic attacks, right? Um, Grades may drop in school. Um, They may start to play hooky if they're being bullied. If, uh, If a child is bullied enough and has little or no help from home or school, they may become suicidal. Now, that's what comes from PACES. They do have a ribbon um, for bullying, and evidently the ribbons are, now I've never seen them, but the ribbons are evidently uh, black and blue, okay? And, um, and that's for Anti-Bullying Week. And that was uh, from the article of 2023, and it takes place from October 13th until November, Friday 17th. Now, what they're suggesting in these organizations, because we like to have solutions, don't we? In these organizations, they suggest that you you get someone, you know, like um, who's very popular and and whatever, and and get that person interested in starting like a campaign right in the school itself, okay? You can make uh, posters. Lori would be so good at this. Oh, my God, the way she draws and, and all this other stuff. But you make posters about bullying, um, you know, all kinds of things like that. The kids can, you know, walk around holding. Um, and you can get kids to start that. You can get kids interested in that. Not all kids want to bully other children. And sometimes they've been bullied themselves and they know how it feels and then they get out of it. All right, maybe they change the school, maybe they move is what I'm saying, or maybe I know they're very popular at the next place, or or maybe as the age, you know, gets better, they get uh, older in age or whatever. Um, it just plain goes away, whatever. But the point is this, there are so many kids that have to go through, you know, the bullying stage, and hopefully it is just a stage, whether it be in school or whether it be online, whatever, and, uh, you know, they can continue on with their life. But a lot of times, unfortunately, that is not the case, okay? So what happens, okay? Bullying can um, and be cyberbullying as well, not always physical. The CDC also, they're involved with this. The CDC states cyberbullying shows 14.9% of adolescents have been cyberbullied, Okay. And 13.6% have made serious suicide attempts. Now, you know, when I was working at Greystone, they would say, oh, this person is just looking for attention. I didn't like that because I'd already had done my thing years before on my wrist, and uh, I wasn't looking for attention. I was looking for a way out. And a lot of times when people, and they change their, their thought process on that, and um, they look at it today as if you think it's just like trying to get attention, you could be wrong because so many people have committed suicide. So it has to be looked at in a different way. And with kids, it has to be looked at in a different way. And I just gave you some stats there. 
14.9% of adolescents have been cyberbullied, and 136 have made serious suicidal attempts. Now, maybe someone pulled them out by their long blonde hair, and that's why it didn't go through. You see my point. These stats are rising. And in 2023, they're even higher. What I just read you was from 2019 to 22. So in 2000, uh, 2023, um, it's, it's even more of a problem. It states here, one out of every five middle and high school students, okay, they actually report being bullied each year, and that's the national educational stats that I just gave you. Okay, that's N-C-E-S. The suicide rates per 100,000 in 2021 between 10 and 24 years old. I don't know why they go up as high as 24 years old, but speaking from a professional point of view from the organizations and, and all these other things, they don't consider your brain to be actually developed. Some say 25, say some 26. I was doing so many things when I was that age. Lori, you were too. I mean, we were considered at 18 back then to be an adult, which is stupid. Because you wake up the next day you're 18, the day before you're 17, and all of a sudden you're an adult. I don't think so. <laughs> I know I wasn't, okay? But uh, that, that's, what they, that's how they used to look at things. And uh, so that's why most and many insurances from the parents go to, pay, to age 26. Okay, they've made that, that adjustment. It's not 18, it's 26. And they look at the formation of, of the brain. That's how they've come to that conclusion. And they look at the different parts of the brain, and they've decided that a person, like for um, making good decisions, decision-making, that's one thing, um, until you're 25 or 26 years old, you're not going to be able to make uh, 100% good decision-makings many times until you reach the age, say, I'm going to say 25, okay, 25. So when kids, uh, including that group up to, say, 25, 26, um, you know, when they go through terrible abuse at home and then they go into terrible abuse at school because, let's face it, um, when we are being abused at home, we don't present ourselves well in school many times, many times, not all the time, but many times, because we're so upset from what, where we come from. So what do we do? Fights, you know, break out. Um, kids are made fun of, maybe because of the way they're dressed or whatever. Um, it could be anything. It could be anything. And then they, you know, they have this, they go back home to the same sort of thing. Well, gee, I guess that's why they're depressed. What do you think, Lori? Uh, you hit it right on all of, um, of it. I know someone who is in the process of trying to kill herself. It's actually in the psychiatric ward the last two years. I spoke about her um, the last time. Um, it was cyberbullying. And this girl at the age of 10 never had a friend. I mean, her home life was a disaster, so there was no one for her there, so she took it all and I didn't say a word. It's like, well, that crap that happened to her took this sweet little intelligent girl 
who had a really bright future, and it broke her. And I don't, she's either never going to get out of the hospital, or she'll probably one day kill herself. I mean, I know her story, her parents. I mean, it's a disaster for me back then because there was no <laughs> cyber or anything. It was straight on bullying, you know, physical. And it, for me, happened in the fifth grade. And I didn't socialize um, because I was just like, totally neglected. I wasn't up to par with anybody, you know, really advanced. But in the fifth grade, this this uh, tough girl, I guess, <laughs> like you, she's very mm-hmm. toughest in the school. She came over to me. We started a friendship. We hung out the whole summer. And then one day in school, um, we happened to get the same long answer on a test, and she immediately started yelling that I cheated off of her. I mean, without even checking the answers, because it's four choices that we had, and we could have had the same, I mean, I mean, the wrong answer, but for different, you know, options to choose. Didn't even take that long. So she basically uh, started beating up on me at lunch. She alienated all the kids from the classroom they couldn't talk to me. Um, it was a horror. The teachers knew about it, and when I finally did talk to them, they laughed. I thought it was like a big joke. You know, there's no one home to tell. <laughs> I had nobody. So after it affected my entire school life is what it was, and I became quiet. I stopped talking totally. Um, I did stay home a lot that year. I didn't see her in the summer, and then the next year she was at another end of the building. Yeah, like in the regular track, I was back in A track, which told me anyway. I mean, I didn't need to cheat with her. She should have logically known that because she and I were friends, but I don't know why she didn't. But she she honestly changed the course of my life in school. I became an introvert, not one of the tough ones because I had no backup except if the top girl, we were friends, but she only went to school like a few days out of the year. She was going through the foster care system and everything like that. So the girl didn't bother me when she was in school. So, But I just decided to forget it. I'm not going up to anybody. I don't talk to anybody. I'm not saying anything. Because that, you could get turned on so quickly. So um did a lot of damage to my stomach right there because the anxiety level was unbelievable. I went to school shaking half the time. I even at home when I thought about her, I got that sick feeling in my stomach of fear. You know, I'm in a crazy place already. Now I go to school and I don't get the relief. It's there. And then I had nowhere to go. So it took over me physically and then... Like I said, the next person I would talk to was in eighth grade because I was in a higher class and uh, they had different people in it. And, you know, we hung out in the eighth grade and that was the best year in school. And then it all, the same thing happened. After that year and there was nobody, she was in other class. Everybody else was already so developed and into their own thing and not me because I only had a couple friends. Because I was too afraid to talk to people. So um, I ended up even getting worse. 
as far as talking. I I wanted to be invisible is what I wanted to be. I didn't want anybody to see me or hear me. This way I couldn't get hurt. You know? I was getting really hurt. <laughs> Probably like one of the tough girls punched me in the nose and stuff like that. <laughs> Not realize what effect, you know, they have on the person. But yeah, you could picture I'd be one of the persons uh that got punched around, you know. So I don't know. It changed the course of what I thought my life was supposed to be, and you know, before the abuse and all this other thing. Uh, but now there's help for people, but there needs to be more help in the schools. I mean, the teachers are very well aware of who is getting bullied. I mean, the whole thing is. Um, but I know, like, in where I used to live, it was a really, really tough school. And these teachers are actually in fear for themselves. I mean, a lot of them were retiring because there's gangs and all kinds of stuff in there. So now the bullies get to bully the teachers as they're growing up. You know, it's a, it's a cycle that you just kind of haven't been able to break because it's been so many generations. So more attention, definitely. More people coming into... Um, well, at the school, you go to the P- the PTA doing presentations. You go everywhere and anywhere these days. And I know people who have done it in these neighborhoods. So, you know, I think it's a great thing. I wish I had their energy. So, yeah, onward. Let's bring it up. Let's bring it out more. It's it's a definite. It should be brought out. Um, when I was uh, taking courses at one place, like I said, um, geez, I think that was UMD, yeah, University of Medicine and Dentistry. I had a um, oh, scholarship for there. But anyway, the point is, yeah, I don't know why, because that was all alcohol and drug abuse uh, that I was learning about. Of course, I didn't tell them I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> they didn't know. But So a lot of things that I was learning I already knew, for God's sake, just from me being me, all right? But we did have... Um, we we're talking about body language, okay? You see, the reason why I, I bring that up is because body language, many times those of us who have been bullied, we have such low self-esteem, and um, that won't happen to me today, honey. Oh, no. But I used to walk, and I couldn't make eye contact with people. It would actually hurt to make eye contact. I thought my eyes hurt. And so I would always walk with my head held down. This is a child, of course. And um, and not look at people. I saw many pairs of shoes. That's what I saw because I wouldn't look at their face, okay? And, you know, I didn't want to because I felt so badly about myself. You grow up in a, in a household like we've done and many of us on NASCA have done um, where you're being bullied right in your own home, for God's sake. And then you go into school where you're bullied also. It's just like you turn into, you wish you could crawl under a rock and stay there. So you speak about, you know, like seclusion and, and, and you know, internalizing and not speaking and, and all this other stuff. Um, yeah, I can identify with some of that. I became quieter, meek for a while, only for a while, because I got mad See, I have an anger, not an issue anymore, but I have self-love today, okay? What what they do to us by, you know, bullying us all the time at home and in school or whatever, um, many times you lose sense of self. 
They, you know, you lose sense of self. And and you whatever self-love or self-confidence that you might have in yourself just goes out the window. Because, you know, it's not always just one kid who's bullying a kid. They like to, like, gather around and, and bully, you know, someone. It's awful. Now, some schools over the last years, and I haven't seen it recently, though, I hate to say, um, did have an auditorium, you know, of course, where they'd have people come in. Um, the neighborhood was allowed to come in. They didn't charge, but they would pay someone who dealt like a, a teacher or an educator. I'm going to say an educator, put it that way, because uh, we weren't all teachers. We were educators. But to come in and, and speak to the kids about bullying and, and speak to the parents about bullying, this isn't something to take lightly. I think what happened was over the years when they started seeing kids actually, you know, making that attempt, a serious attempt at, um, you know, um, at suicide. Gee, it wasn't just something to say, well, that person wouldn't do that. You can't say that. I can tell you this um, from different places that I worked at, which might be helpful to parents who have teenagers and and even those that are younger than teenage years, the 12-year-olds, okay, 12-year-olds, yeah. Um, if you have a child who starts giving their things away, question them, why are you doing that? Because, I mean, it's good to be, um, you know, to be generous and all this other stuff. But if you're giving even your most prized possessions away uh, to someone that you think a lot of, okay, um, it could be someone in the family, that if you have a family member that you really like, maybe some of your cousins, you know, that you might like. I had cousins that I really liked. Lived with them for a while. Um, you know, you might, you know, start giving things like that away. Um, you know, and, and if your demeanor, your body language changes, maybe at one time you'd been a, a peppy kid, you know, a kid that was full of joy and full of happiness and, and maybe in, in those days go out and play ball, right? Ha, ha, they don't do that anymore. But, you know, I mean, the, the point is you go from being a typical kid who's joyful who becomes a kid who is more quiet, much too quiet. And they might even have a sad look on their face. If this lasts for up to two weeks, that kid basically is in trouble because that is depression. And a child might get to the point where they become so depressed um, that they they do consider suicide because they're hurting so badly inside, in their mind, in their spirit, in their heart, their heart broken. It's like breaking a dog, as we've spoken about before on this show. In fact, I've done that. If you kick a dog too often, what does it do? You break its spirit. If a child is being bullied too much, whether it be in school or, or at home or both, you break that child's spirit, and they don't want to live anymore because the thought of living another day is too much, okay? They don't see any future. They've lost hope for future. And and this is a very hard, difficult place for a child to be. And if they don't feel close enough to anyone in their family um, to say, look, I don't feel right. Um, if a child comes up to you and says, I don't feel right, you know they don't feel right, right because they don't look right either. You sit your child down. 
you ask them more about school issues. Um, you consider, do they have friends, don't they have friends? Um, you know, what's going on in their life? Because I, when I worked at, uh, no, I was at detention center, I had one of, of the girls that was there started giving me things. She was a wonderful artist. She was, she was something like you, Lori, okay? She could, this girl, she loved horses. So she would draw pictures of horses. And she asked me if I loved animals. And I said, yes, I love animals. Now, she was being picked on by the other kids there in detention. And I knew that. And I wondered how is this going to affect her. So um, she started to draw pictures of horses, and she picked out the one that she liked the best, and she gave it to me. No one might think, okay, maybe she likes you as an officer better than the others, whatever. We had police that worked there, too. And um, I graciously took the picture. It was very well done. So then I noticed she started giving out things. Don't forget, when you're in detention, you don't have any things in your cell. These girls had cells. And so did the boys, because they committed adult crimes. But the point is this, um, whatever little bit that she had, um, maybe from family members or whatever, um, you know, giving her this or giving her that, whatever, she would then start to give away, and I thought, uh-oh. Because usually when someone in your family that you might like, if there is someone in your family you like, right, Um if you give away, usually you'd hold on to that because you'd think to yourself, this person loves me or at least likes me, so I wouldn't want to give this away. So if the prized possessions, as we were taught, the prized possessions, if you hand that over to someone else, um, and already she's given pictures away of horses and other animals that she drew and so forth, and she changed she went from being scared and 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 said to actually becoming what you'd think was a little more stable. Okay. But because of the training I've had, I knew better. So I came to work an hour early. Me, the night owl, I used to work 7 to 3. <laughs> yes, I did. I didn't like it much. But anyway, I used to work 7 to 3. So, um... Instead of getting up at, at, at uh, 6 o'clock, I got up at 5 o'clock that particular day. And I went into work an hour early. They almost didn't let me in because if something happened, I wouldn't be covered by the insurance. But I said, you let me in. And they let me in. I immediately went to her cell. And this girl had a sheet because whether it be county or state, their sheets are very thin. They're almost paper. You can look at them through the light and see the light, you know what I'm saying? She had managed to tear a strip, and, and she had it so wrapped around her neck so tightly that she was purple. And I quickly, you know, screamed for the nurses to get there. We had good nurses. I'll give them that, good nurses. And they came with a special scissor, and they were able to get that scissor open up inside underneath at one point. They had to find a, a place to, to cut. So they cut it off of her, and then because I had to write out progress reports and I was the one that found her and came on the grounds early and all this other stuff, I had to be also the one to be in the ambulance to take her to Marlboro because I was down in Monmouth County at that time, 
and that was like Greystone in, in Morris County where I used to work. So they had Marlboro, and then once they stabilized her, so they thought, they released her back into detention. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because, you see, if you're very depressed, and I have an article on this, if you're very depressed as a kid, chances are, many times more than not, you can go through stages of depression when you're not a kid, when you grow older. Now, unfortunately, with this gal, she did try to kill herself again when she was 19, and um, she was pregnant, and she killed it, tried to kill herself, and, of course, the baby died. She didn't. And then again, later on, she tried, and then finally she died from AIDS because she was hanging around the truck stops, okay, and she caught AIDS, and she died from it. And she wouldn't care, believe me. Now, I know the family dynamics here. I know from where she came. So what I'm saying is that when kids grow up in terrible dysfunctional homes and then they're bullied in school, they have no place to go. They have no place to um, find refuge. They have no place to go and find joy. Because you can have a good time in school, too. You can Okay, and believe it or not, I found my time in school to have good times, and and I did have a lot of friends before I decided to get the hell out of that school. Um, I had uh, the hoods after me. <laughs> That's funny. I'll tell you about that someday. But uh, the boys wanted to take me out, and the girls were mad. We'll just leave it at that. And uh, so I, I left, and I just took my GED. I said, screw this. I'm, not, I'm smart. I can do this. I'll just go take it. I took it, and I passed with 17 more points than I even needed. And I never regretted it because you can't, somewhere you have to, like, give. You have to, you know, get away from um, all this stuff. At home I had it and in school too, and it was just too much. So then I figured I'd work out the school, and then the home situation had to be looked at. I did this myself. And uh, what do kids do many times? They get married too early. I thought Mr. Wonderful was Mr. Wonderful. He wasn't. And... um I ended up divorcing him, with the, I told you, with the approval of the church even. Holy God. So this is what happens. Our lives many times are affected. Even though we're young, it carries over into adulthood is my point. So this article here that I have even speaks of that, all right? And it's, it's a, a very, very bad thing. Now, just for, t- for the sake of statistics, and I found this to be interesting. 36.3 American Indians, now this is the one, the suicide rates per 100,000 in 2021, okay? Now, I know it's more than that now, but this gives you an idea. 36.3 American Indians had committed suicide, and Alaska Natives, Alaska Natives. 12.3 were white people. 11.2 were black people, 9.4 were Asians, and 7.9 were Hispanic Latinos. So it shows you among the different nationalities and, and different races and all this stuff um, that actually the Hispanic Latinos have the lowest uh, suicide rate. 
I thought that was interesting. Now, 37% of kids associate depression online and from line, from all the things that they go through. 19% of these bullied suffer far from low self-esteem, anxiety levels rise, their cyberbullying causes all of this stress and anxiety levels, acting out violently. I became violent in school. If someone messed with me, I wouldn't take it. Suicide is one of the leading deaths among adolescents ages 15 to 19. So it says here, yes, these teens many times develop depression later in life, depression, eating disorders, thoughts about suicides, which turns into suicidal ideations, which I did have, and all different other kinds of anxiety disorders. Now, I suffered from panic attacks from the age of nine, which started in Staten Island, and it lasted until 49, until I got mad. I got mad. I would go to school. If people sent me, I would go. Because no one was going to pay for it, honey, okay? <laughs> so I figured if I'm going to get even more school than what I have, I have to go. I have to do this. And if I wanted to keep my jobs, I had to go. Was I happy about it? No. And the reason why I wasn't happy, Lori, was because all the things I went and studied, I'd already been through. But then that made me a really, really good student, okay? One time I got a professor really mad. He walked out and slammed the door. We were doing role-playing. And in, in the course of role-playing, he he played the priest. What a riot. Okay, <laughs> he played the priest. He chooses me to be, um, let's see, the wife of an alcoholic, which I was, okay. And now how did he know that? Okay, so he gets me up there. This is funny. And, and of course, my children, he had uh, two or three children I supposedly had. So we were going to father, supposedly, in this role play to get um, help for family issues. And all he could say was, forgive them for your children not having enough shoes. Forgive them for the um, lights being turned off. You know what I'm saying? Forgive, <laughs> forgive this person, you know, that you don't have oil in your head. What the hell? That's what I was going through, okay? So I said, that is not correct. I stood up and I said, when you go through that stuff in your family, you're not happy with your spouse because of the way he behaves. He got so mad, he went out and slammed the door. And I thought, uh-oh, I'm not going to get help here. I'm not going to get a certificate here. I'm not going to pass. I did. Maybe thought about it. But you see, when kids come from backgrounds like that, when there's so much trouble in the family, and then they go to school where there's so much bullying and trouble in the school, they're going to turn out, I used to say twisted, but to be a little more professional, they're not going to turn out to be normal kids. They, they can't be. They have to go for help. So anybody listening, you know, to this show, if you're suffering from depression, you go get help. If you were bullied in school, you go get help. Because there's issues that you're going to have. I went and I got help. And mine came from the church, which I've mentioned many times now on, online. Here, right on this phone. And because our prayer group was so large in the Catholic Church, St. James down in Red Bank, because it was so large, 
there were people who came in from all different walks of life, and and there were counselors there, and they got a hold of me, and they helped me, and got me to, gee, where I am today. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, I share that because I want people to know that you don't have to kill yourself. You go and get help, and um, and, and they help you to make the right decisions. I know I made a lot of mistakes. What about you, Lauren? Yeah, I kind of bounced around for a while. I wasn't in my right mind, you know, with any choices. Um, sooner or later, and I don't know how and I don't know when, but people uh, accused me of being a bully. And I was totally shocked, <laughs> you know. I was like, when did that happen? Because I was always so quiet and whatever. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm a different person now than when I was, you know, younger. Because I was one of the ones that wouldn't meet anybody's eyes. I wouldn't go down the street if I saw another person on it. I mean, I was really, really like not feeling safe around anything. And then mm-hmm. somewhere, I'm assuming it's from fighting for my son, um because his his disorders needed special services that really weren't in existence yet. I had to create things with the schools and the doctors and, you know, the hospital and that kind of stuff. And I did. I mean, I would do anything for him. Um, So I guess my math started probably back then. And today my math don't don't stop. (laughs) You know, it's like I say something wrong, I just, like, say it. I've just interceded even in the doctor's office. Uh, my son was in there, so I was in the waiting room. And my mother and this poor nine-year-old kid, I'm guessing, is a little one. I didn't see any problem with him. He was you know, a normal, active kid. But the mother, she was the one who was like nuts. She was antagonizing this kid, making all these comments that weren't relevant to anything or helpful, you know, let alone. And what I did is I started a, I looked at the boy, and he caught my eye, and it was like one of those looks like, I'm going to take care of this for you. So I just turned around, and I started talking to the mother. But it was nothing stuff, because she wasn't, you know, when you can have a conversation, my, my thing was just to get her attention off the kid, you know, give the kid a break. So I did that, and finally he went, and then it was, like, time to go in. But I went back into that doctor's office, and I told him what the kid had to be putting up with with the mother. I wanted it on record, you know, that it's not the kid. It is, you know, the mother and stuff like that. So things like that I will do. Um, What I also do is, you know, I would make signs, posters. I'll probably send you a couple of the ones. Of mm, kids um, murdered, um, missing, you know, I saved a few of them. I'd make them big enough that I would put, like, a big easel, and I parked it right on my front lawn. Um, one was seeking justice for Darby and Kier, and I had pictures and all kinds of stuff. And even since That's I was wonderful. in a crowded neighborhood, um, mm-hmm. every... But he saw it, and people stopped. They were asking about him. It's, it's raising awareness. 
I also mm-hmm. paint in my doors blue and stuff like that. And even at this house, I have blue. Um, just for, just for the awareness colors. People ask me why why is your wishing or blue? Why is the window blue? <laughs> so I tell them. Mm-hmm. And thereby, I raised awareness. That's what it's about. Even the guy who we ordered the stuff from, I told what was going on with this. It's all about spreading awareness. So at the end of my mountain, there is nobody else. <laughs> so there's no point in sticking this fine out because there's no point, you know, over here. But I recommend other people do it. I mean, my, my entire block, I had convinced all the neighbors to put um, blue lights and when you walk into your house, I forget the uh, door, the light by the door. So my my block all had, for the month of April, blue lights. And they had the outlight. Stuff like that, when people come up with ideas like that, that's that's what you need. I used Absolutely. to make uh, keychains um, in blue, and I did mm-hmm. it with, like, lanyard. I did everything and anything I could put no, signs that, uh, in my so- house. That is so that is so good. I'm just so proud of you. Yes, I am. I learn more and more all the time about you. And see, that's what we need. We need people, you know, to do more things. You know, that's society, community, society, whatever. Um, because it's such a, a a huge huge problem. And okay, we're going through hell in our country right now. I know that. But the child abuse never takes a vacation, okay, 365 days a year. And that's what keeps me going. Yes, I can work in other places. I've been asked to work in other places. And this one last place that um, I was thinking about working in, because my arm is so mangled at this point inside, not outside, thank God. Although I see a little difference. Um, I think it's a little bit smaller than the other, a little bit skinnier. Um, but anyway, the point is um, I couldn't handle the physical part. It was like when I used to work in Greystone because a lot of times it's physical. Sometimes you're running for your life there, <laughs> right, what I'm saying, because that's mental. But um, this place here, although it had a lot of good things about it, I couldn't handle it uh, physically. But I will do more. I will continue to look. I want to get a um, – I'll probably go run a hotline service, and you know what? You get some jingles there, which I could use a little bit of right now. We all could, all right? So that's probably what I'll be doing. But anyway, the point is that's still working, you know, in the field, and and that's what I'm used to. That's all I know. I started uh, 16 years ago here, well, 14 years, two other years, yeah, 16 in all in this type of work here. But um, it's, it's very important that we raise awareness so that people feel, geez, maybe what can I do? A lot of times, Lori, people don't know what to do. But look what you just talked about, what you spoke about. And then you had people stopping, you know, to see what it was all about, okay? It's just like um, when that that judge down there who had, um, when he worked in, in detention, the kids would go before him and all this other stuff. And, and he was taking them out of their cells at night, which is a well-known case. He's dead now. He died at the age of 84 and hadn't gotten sentenced yet, okay? Um, but the point is, when we were down there picketing, I went with a friend of mine. She and I went down there. And um, we were making such a ruckus. Now, we weren't 
rowdy, rowdy, but we wanted people to see our signs, right? We wanted them to see it because we were standing outside of the courthouse. And, oh, they stopped. A lot of times, almost an accident, got one guy almost, you know, rammed into another guy because he wanted to know what the signs meant. Okay, we let them know. And then all of a sudden, cars started to go around. They started honking, you know, in, in a good way and waving. See, by doing these things, by doing these things, just by being present outside with maybe four, five, six, ten other people, if you can get them, all right, and for a cause, and the cause, of course, would be child abuse. Why is it so important? How does it affect the future of our nation? These kids that are out on the street right now doing all this looting, they're filled with hate, and also they're also filled with, I deserve it or I want it. I like it, <laughs> all right? Some just say, I like it. I'm, I, I, can, I won't get time for it, okay? So with the way our society is today, people aren't really looking at child abuse the way that they should. However, it still has risen these many, many years that I've been involved with uh, working with child abuse. The awareness has risen finally. And, of course, we have the movies that have come out. And the videos that have come out. And that's a good thing. So awareness is out there. But now people have to act on it. If they'd only make a phone call when they see something wrong, call the cops for God's sake. That's what they're there for. You know, and then they get social services involved. In fact, many police departments now have um, someone from the social services uh, department right there on, on the force. They have someone, and they just call that person, and they go to the scene. Um, always keep in mind, though, everyone out there, that when you call for domestic violence, and it is domestic violence month along with bullying month, okay, um, you never know what you're going to come upon. And uh, even the police are in trouble because they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know if they're armed. They don't know anything, right, until they get there. And then they have to make the determination so I can speak a little and go back a little bit forth here because domestic violence needs to be spoken about too. Um, because it is from 1984, from Ronald Reagan when he was president. Um, I know this, I looked this up long ago. But he's the one that started that um, that movement, if you will, for people to recognize that uh, it is, you know, domestic violence a month as well. Okay, he started that. And in 2006, this started. And PACERS, P-A-C-E-R-S, is really the people to get a hold of uh, and to look up because they're the biggest and the best of the ones that I quickly had to find and, uh, and see. But going to domestic violence now, there's so many women out there who don't realize that things are not like they were, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. We've come a long way in the sense that we do have more shelters, and um, then we have the underground. We had um, Michelle on last night, Michelle Bless, who is involved with the underground. And um, she's, uh, you know, she gives out her number freely. You know, she's on the contact list, okay? Uh, on the front page of the website, you'll see uh, that's the naasca.org, nasca.org. You will see um, contact list, and, and you click onto it, and you'll see all the names of us, 
I'm the night owl. I'm up all night. Um, you know, and I get those phone calls in the middle of the night. You bet I do. Um, but, you know, don't be afraid today as you were before. And then I always like to say one thing to women, too. And, you know, it can be a man also. We don't talk enough about men who are abused by women, their spouses. I mean, who would think, right? I mean, you think, you know, it, it's more, and it is much more of, of a, a man thing with women, yet. Yeah, but women are catching up for whatever reason. The stats are getting higher with women being the abusers. Now, I'm not going to tell you why I think that is, <laughs> but um, the point is that is happening. Remember, a person can be a narcissist, okay? You, you can look that up yourself because I've done a show on that, and maybe I'll do another one soon. But women can be narcissists too. It's not just a man thing. It's a woman thing too, okay? And if you get involved with a narcissist, you're in trouble because that narcissist might have other mental deficiencies that go along with his, the narcissism, Okay. And, and that means that you better, he might be a sociopath. Uh, it's better to get the hell away from it. And don't stay for the sake of the children. Don't do that. Don't make that mistake. Because the, kill, the children, they see this. And, and then the children are, are little people who grow into bigger people who have to go and get help because of the way they were brought up. So Domestic Violence Month, and I do want to, to talk a little bit about that, I tell the women, mostly, um, to make a packet. And in that packet, have another driver's license, have a a, a copy made so you have it, okay? Uh, Your important papers, make copies. Have a set of car keys. Try to add money to that packet as you can, okay, as you can. So that if you have to get out of that house or apartment, wherever you're living, you have some place to go because you have that packet, all right? And that's important. You can go into a motel for the night, get a hold of a shelter. The shelter have counselors there, and what the counselors do is they counsel you and help you. They can put you even on a, on a housing list. Plus the fact they help you with your mental issues because don't think that you don't have mental issues from being abused from your your partner. I hate to say this, but it's rising now. Everything, all the stats, Lori, are rising. And when it comes to, um, you know, partners who who aren't married, um, that's rising too, you know, where the one partner, you know, simply kills the other partner or, or maims them or whatever. And another thing to keep in mind, which I know a little bit too much about, and I certainly would never have dreamed it. When I was in high school, I did have a certain amount of friends at times, okay? And um, I knew a lot of different people, and I thought I knew them well. So the, when I walked out of that school, because I couldn't stand it anymore, and I didn't care, like I said, I went and I just took my GED and didn't even think about it. But, you know, the point is this. Um, I, after I left my husband, my first husband, I started circulating around, and some of my people, I call them my people, they were they were single, and I started hanging out with them, and I started going out with one of them. He acted like he adored me. 
Women, I hope you're listening out there. He acted like he adored me. And uh, I made that mistake the first time. Remember, if a person is too good, that's not good either. Okay, point is he wanted to marry me, and I didn't really want to get married yet. My divorce was just about final, and he wanted to marry me. But I wasn't really ready to get you know married. And um, well, long story short, and I'm not going to go into details, um, as much attention as he gave me, he wasn't after me. He was after one of my children. Okay. Now, women who are single, um, they're the only parent in the house or targets. They're targets for pedophiles. They don't really want you. They want your child. And that's a sick, sick thing, okay? Now, I broke up with him. I all of a sudden decided there's something wrong with this guy, and I didn't know what the heck it was before I even found out later on, before my child told me what had happened, okay? Because kids don't talk all the time. They just simply don't. Um, We have people that come on this show, and maybe they're in their 50s, maybe they're in their 60s, and and, and they're telling for the first time. It took them all those years to tell about their life story. Now, had my my child told me, you know, what was going on, I would have had that person arrested. I would have gotten, I would have signed papers against him, everything, anything I had to do. And, and certainly, um, you know, get a restraining order or everything against him. Anything I could get, I would have gotten. Because the last thing I certainly wanted for my children was for either one of them, you know, to be abused. So women who are single out there, they leave their spouse because their spouse is beating them up. Um, They're not taking care of their kids right. I never knew where my husband worked. I didn't know how much he made. Um, He took care of the bills, so that meant he took care of their checking account. And uh, it's all about control. It's control, okay? And um, so I didn't know any of those things about my husband. I just knew that the man that I thought was Mr. Wonderful turned out to be Mr. Miserable, and I had to get away from him. So I did that. And um, I'm not sorry I did that. But I will say one thing, that children many times grow up with questions and an emptiness in their heart because they want mommy and daddy And that can be a whole different subject. I grew up that way. Then the first person I thought was my father turned out not to be. Ancestry straightened that one out. (laughs) But you see, the point is, it's wonderful if you come from a family where the family unit, everyone's unified and they all love each other, they take care of each other, and the parents know how to teach each other and teach the children and, and respect respect each other. Now, that's a dream life, okay? Not that you're not going to have little problems along the way. I mean, that's just life. But that's the type of life we all wish that we had come from here on NASCA. We didn't do that. And there's other shows out there where that didn't happen either, okay? There are more shows on on child abuse today than there ever was. This is great. 
Okay, I we need that. We need more people to educate the public. And then hopefully that person, you know, that they educate and those people that they educate will find it in their heart to to help children. And and maybe even more, you know, uh types of places will be open, organizations. I'm gonna have a couple on real soon. Deidre's house will be one. There is C A C. And then also two, Winona's house. Um, they're from Newark. I know them well. I'm going to have them on. And um, they're wonderful organizations. They truly are wonderful organizations. I, I was off the. I got. I called one today. I have to uh, arrange for dates now to get them on the show. These are organizations that work. These are organizations that have been, you know, believe me, investigated. These are organizations where kids are not going to get hurt more in these uh, organizations. They're going to be helped, okay? So that's why um, I want so badly to have them on. Winona's is from Newark, New Jersey, and um, Deidre's house is from Morristown, New Jersey. I used to hang both places. Newark wasn't a good place to be. (laughs) And then, um, surprisingly... If you listen to the last show from Winona's house, I found out the director and I lived on the same street in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Holy Christopher. And who would think? <laughs> okay. So he belongs to me. He'll be he'll be on my show for sure. But anyway, the point is whether we're talking about domestic violence. Again, it's for both. October is for both. That's why I'm speaking about both. Whether it be domestic violence or whether it be with children being bullying, bullied in school or, you know, on the Internet, um, it does terrible damage to the child who's being bullied. And certainly in domestic violence, um, terrible things happen to those people who, you know, have been bullied. A lot of times there's a lot of bullying going on in those bad situations and domestic violence. So bullying is a big topic. It's something that needs to be spoken about, and a lot more needs to be done about it. And unfortunately, I don't think today that even enough is being, you know, done about it. When you have kids, I'll go even a little bit further than that. Um, A child in my family that was through marriage at the age of 11, committed suicide. That's crazy. All right, that's crazy. And he was going to a psychiatrist. And then uh, another one that um, was on my mother's side of the family, she was my mother, um, her brother's daughter committed suicide. She was about 17 or 18 years old, I think, somewhere in there. And uh, so (laughs) then on extended family, not going to say who, where, what, and when, um, but an 18-year-old committed suicide, about ready to get out of high school, and look what happened. So you see, it happens much more often than it should. And you can't bring people back from the dead. I'm not Lazarus, okay? All we can do is try to prevent you know, get ourselves educated 
uh, in child abuse and on our NASCA website, naasca.org, nasca.org. If you go over to next to the last right block and open it up, and I keep talking about it because I want people to look at it, click on to it. That's all about prevention, intervention, and recovery. Okay? And it has many articles in there about how to speak to your children. David Pittman, how to speak to your children, what to say, role-playing, which I really actually do like to do because I'm a ham today. <laughs> All right. But, you know, role-playing. Um, and, and why it's important for parents to, you know, get over themselves. I, too often I hear this. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's ignorance. I don't want to talk to my kids. I want them to grow up in an innocent world. We don't live in an innocent world now. And we're the shining examples right here on NASCA. So we try so hard. And when we say prevention, intervention, and recovery, prevention is we speaking to you about how you can help prevent as a community. You learn the red flags. Uh, in families, there might be someone outside the family who's close to the family. You learn the red flags of what uh, what's maybe going on with one of your children. All right, prevention amongst all the the school teachers, the doctors, they're a lot smarter today than they used to be. But still, in all, I still talk about it because even dentists now are looking at prevention. And they're going to be a mandated reporting. They expect them to be mandated reporters as well. Now, what does that mean? Um, all right, that can be neglect too from, uh, you know, teeth not being taken care of. And it can also go a little further than that because that dentist can see too um, if there's bruising, say, on kids' arms or on their faces or um, on their neck or, or whatever, um, the parts that aren't covered on their legs in the summertime when they're wearing shorts, right? So dentists have uh, are considered to be people's, too. They should, you know, look out for things like this. You can tell if a kid is dirty, not well cared for, all these things. But then those who, you know, live in communities, who have neighbors, they know that kids down the street are being abused. They can be held accountable, too, because, quite frankly, if you do not make that phone call, the cops now, what they do is they start going to the neighbors. All right, they'll do that. They'll say, hey, do you know what's going on next door? Do you hear things? Do you see things? And a lot of times, unfortunately, they'll say, no, I don't know anything because they're afraid of, of what might happen because they're talking, okay? But what I tell you is shame on you. Make a phone call because you can remain anonymous. You don't even have to say who you are, okay? And maybe you're going to help that child or children that are living in a household like that. Now, years ago, Lori, I was doing that. Before, I I was working with the um, Raleigh Lifers program, Scared Straight. And, of course, that was on television and all that other stuff. The only reason why that program failed was for two reasons. Number one, the kids that the lifers were addressing had already been cussed at. That didn't do anything to them. <laughs> they laughed at them. You can't intimidate a kid who's already been cussed at. 
because they come from bad homes. So. And and number two, I told them what I thought that they should do with that. I received a phone call, and I told them truthfully, put them in the jumpsuits. Let them see what it feels like to be in a jumpsuit. Take them into the kitchen and explain what happens in kitchens and uh, how you, you know, they and to, uh, explain to them how they make their own weapons, their shanks. Explain it to them. Take them into a cell. Let them sit there for 45 minutes. Extend your program a little bit. Let them sit there for 45 minutes and walk away so that they're in that cell for 45 minutes alone. Take them into the shower room and show them what can happen without actually doing it, but certainly making the gestures of. Well, it lasted for a little while longer after I made those things that I thought should be done. And then, this is kind of funny, the lifers wanted to be paid for what they were doing. (laughs) Well, they weren't going to pay them, okay. They refused to pay them. So that's why that program ended. Now, you have to, again, look back from where they came. Don't always misjudge. I mean, I talk about the kids out there looting on the street. But look at their home lives. So there's a lot of things that have to be looked at with with kids. And and those who are in domestic violence situations, it's not the way it was anymore. You can get help. Don't stay in it. You're not doing your kids a favor by staying in it. You find some way to get out of it. If you can't do it through family or whatever or friends or whatever, then go to a shelter. Make that packet that I spoke about half an hour ago so that when you leave in the middle of the night, hopefully he's asleep, um, you take the car. I don't care if there is only one car. You've got the car key because you've had keys made. You take the car. And you go to the shelter and you get the help that you need. Now, I, I will tell you this. When you go to a shelter, now shelters differ. But when you go to most shelters, yes, they will take your cell phone. They'll allow for you to call a family member so they know that you're safe. And then the reason why they take your cell phone for a certain amount of time, they don't keep it, no. But the reason why they take it is so that you don't um, you don't give in. Remember, I always tell people, remember what the person did to you, your spouse or your, your lover, whatever, significant other. Remember what they did to you, and they didn't care. Look at the bruises on your body. If they're bruising, look at them. And you know what? Even if there's not any bruising, they, there's other ways of hurting people emotionally, psychologically. Maybe it was all mouth. I actually have one of those old-fashioned recorders, tape recorders, and I, <laughs> I I taped it all one night. I can't tell you how many times the C word was said to me. And we all know what that word is. I can't tell you how many times supposedly that person hated me and said it. I had it all recorded. The person was drunk. That's not good enough. Okay. And also was into drugs. Not good enough. 
So then I had something to produce. They didn't know I had a recorder. I had something to produce. So you see, there are things that you can do to help yourself. And the goal here is if the mommy isn't right and the daddy isn't right, the kids aren't going to be right either. Okay? So think outside the box, not just yourself. Think about your children. Okay? Because you're not doing them any favor. It says it right here in one of the articles that I read. You get up, you get out, and you and, and you do the right thing. Go to a shelter. There's no shame in getting help. There's shame in staying and taking it. And one of these days, you're going to end up a statistic. I said that to someone about two months ago. Blew their mind. Blew their mind. But it made them think. So when it comes to domestic violence, it's a very dangerous thing. And when it comes also, too, to bullying in school, it's a very dangerous thing. When we used to have articles that we read online here years ago, okay, Community Matters, that was a show that we used to have. I remember one chilling article. The article was about a girl who was being bullied horribly in school. She was a teenager. And she would come home and she would cry and cry and cry to her parents. And and they they didn't like it. They, They called the school. But nothing was really done about it. Finally, they took her out of school. They let her quit. I think she was 16. They let her quit. And then those kids who were bullying her actually had the nerve to come in front of that girl's house and do all this chanting and stuff, whatever the heck they were doing, bullying her. That girl committed suicide that night. Okay. And that's what that article was about. So you see, it's not something to be taken lightly. So I try to educate, and Lori tries to educate what she did, what she spoke about before, putting her signs up and all the things that she was doing, painting her windows blue, and all all the things she was talking about. What a wonderful thing you did. And then people stopped and wanted to know why you did it. You see, this is bringing forth awareness. So a lot of us should need to, you know, think about this and think about how can I help? How can we put that dent in the statistics of child abuse? How can we do that? What can I do? You can you can make copies off of NASCA, N-A-A-S-C-A dot org. And you can go to stores like I do, and and you can ask if you can hang the information. I told someone the other day how I went into the post office, and some of NASCA's, um, when I got in there, the information about the signs of child abuse. That's all it was, signs of child abuse. It was right next to the thugs (laughs) that they're looking for, the FBI is looking for, right? Right next to their pictures. They hung there for quite a while. Oh, they got the biggest charge out of that. One of the organizations I spoke to, they got the big charge out of that. And um, so that's what you can do. You can go to grocery stores. Sometimes you see people tabling. Uh, Usually it's for the hungry, okay? 
child abuse isn't addressed that much, okay, as much as it should be. Um, and that's a shame. I mean, it's better than it was, but we can still do more. So, you know, have a friend with you so you you can stay there for some hours, and if you have to go to the ladies' room or whatever, you know, you'll have someone there with you, okay, and you can take off from the table. And, and you can have information, like what we have right on, on our NASCAR website. Make copies. I went to Staples, made a whole bunch of copies. Big deal. Ooh. And it's for a good cause. So some stores will let you do that. If they won't let you do tabling, they have a bulletin board. How many times do you go over to bulletin board to see if someone's selling a car or they're, they're selling something else, whatever? And they allow for you, I was allowed for, through ShopRite, okay, to hang many, many copies over the years about child abuse. So that was my way of giving out. And then also, too, the presentations I did, I don't expect people to go and do that, but I'm just saying, if you can, that's fine. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of ways of of, uh, of helping through the month of April, but remember, Child abuse is 365 days a year. Domestic violence is 365 days a year. So I don't worry about what month I do what. I I, I do it when I'm able to, okay? <laughs> I'm not so busy uh, with other things. And the point is we get the word out that way. You help educate people that way. And Lori laughs at me because I chased this lady down the street one day in Pennsylvania <laughs> to give her information. I don't want that. I don't want that. I didn't care what she wanted or not. Damn it, take it. I said, you can throw it in the garbage if you want. All right, I'll look at it. <laughs> she took it. She probably threw it in the garbage. I don't know what she did with it. Maybe she sat down and read it. But I'm the type of person that I want to get that out so badly so that people in communities, all right, the people in, in communities, um, they become more aware, and, and then that can be a lot more helpful. They know what signs to look for. And with the intervention, you learn how to speak to children if you want to do that, or what phone calls to make, okay? And uh, with recovery, of course, that's for those of us who have been all through it, and we speak about recovery on our show many times, too. So it's a very good website. Look at it. Lori, what do you want to say? What do you have to say? We've got about, I don't know, 15 minutes left, something like that. Oh, yeah, we'll get back to, like, what what to do, come up with um, little ideas. I mean, you can go to the Y. You can go through the youth programs that are all around. We did it through our club any which way. You can make pamphlets, bracelets. Uh, key rings, anything that people would want to hang, you know, just definitely keep that color going. Um, you could put a logo on. You could do whatever. My my keychains um, were made out of, uh, like, uh, lanyard. And, well, actually, some of them were made out of strips of leather, too. It depends on who I was doing it for. Um and they keep at the grocery stores because that's the first place now I go. I look at the grocery stores. I look at where we go to eat. 
I look at the bulletin boards to see what's going on in Pennsylvania, you know, what it is. And um, it's definitely, I do see stuff related to it. You know, it's not right. like it was nothing on there. I'm starting to see stuff that where where to go. I'm seeing phone numbers tacked up, business cards, all that kind of stuff, you know, through the community and whatnot. And then people, when they find you, they ask. They were like, what can they do? And there's a day that used to be, it was New York, Marker. Um, we would go uh, all dressed in blue shirts with our signs peacefully down Fifth Avenue. Uh, mm-hmm. Had a date. And um, you do it that way. You get the blue shirts. Anything that you can think of to connect, we were always, we were ready to actually tape our, our car up with signs, the license plate on the, that goes over the plate, that trim, we had child abuse around it. So stuff like that, I mean, pe- people are more inventive, you know, than I am, the ones who are out there. Um there's just so many things. I mean, I really think the next stage um, of dropping things off and hanging should be pamphlets. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. Professional pamphlets. People are apt to just like take them and and look at them, you know, because you know it's it's part of life. It's any any other kind of disease would have a pamphlet. You go into a doctor's office, they've got them. There you go. Why not for child abuse? I mean, you put numbers in there, you put all kinds of, uh, inf- you know, information, get directly to it, symptom sign, call. I think that should do the pamphlet. Button. Well, you, you see, that's so good, Lori. That's so good. I'm glad you mentioned the doctor's offices because I put stuff there too. Um, now, this is weird. Because I went to, um, where was I, living in Dover at that time? Maybe, I don't know. I, I went to the hospital, and I thought I could uh, do a presentation there, and they would say that I could do a presentation. But I wanted to leave I wanted to leave information behind. Now, for some reason, they said, well, take it into the cafeteria over on the table way in the back. Really? <laughs> no one would see it in the cafeteria way over in the back. So maybe it was just a bad hospital. That's stupid. because, And I don't think that would happen today, because don't forget, I've been doing this for years. So I think today they'd be more open to it because the stats have gone so high. And we do know that, oh, my God, Lori, the, the little kids, the infants uh, up to age four or um, years of age are uh, most likely to be physically abused, you know, uh, punched in the head. There's a lot of head traumas going on. And that's something that's been happening for years. It started just like when COVID um, became really an issue. It's like the whole world, and certainly our country, went nuts, okay, because of the COVID issue. I can't speak for other countries. I can speak for our country. And um, everything got closed down, so there's tension at home. Well, we all know we've all had our children, met most of us, and, you know, um, yeah, okay. Uh, they can be annoying and, and frazzle us a little bit, but you don't punch them in the head, okay? You don't do that. Lori and I have been punched in the head. We know what it feels like. My mother got caught punching me in the head, and I was so happy. 
<laughs> a neighbor caught her. Uh-huh. Neighbor had a little girl. Little girl wasn't allowed to play at my house anymore. Okay. I lost a friend. But at least she got seen. So you see, what I'm saying about this is what we can do to educate people. Um, By the way, I I put it in pizzerias too. I went into a pizzeria, and there was this can there, and this person, and we've had him on the show. I called. I went through with the information on the can. Um, He had for donations. And uh, what he was was foster care. Now, we have a good and a bad foster care. He turned out to be good foster care. Did for many, many, many years, he and his wife. So anyway, that cam was there. I got the information on it and called him, and we had him on the show. Now, our show is already over. But I want to say something here. It's an easy thing to do to make copies, to put them out. You can go to pizzerias. Doctors' offices are perfect. Um, laundromats, food stores, those are places, and, and daycare centers, for God's sake, daycare centers also. So thank you so much for being on the show with me tonight. Otherwise, I would have been alone, and my mouth still would have gone, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> but I always much like it when, when my Lori is with me because, uh, you know, she always has so much to offer, too. She's very, very good. And she's very smart, and she is very, very artistic. Yes, she is. So I want everyone to have a good weekend, uh, have a safe weekend. And, Lori, I'll talk to you later or tomorrow, okay? And, um, you know, thanks again for being on, okay? Okay, okay. Hey, good night. Yeah, good night, everybody. God bless. Bye-bye now. You are the